This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli. Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot com. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Profiles in Risk. We have Guns N' Roses November Rain outside here in New England. I don't know what it's like in Staten Island. We'll ask our guest in a second, but I'm so pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, Michael Papora. Michael is the vice president of RPM Insurance Agency and the president of Papora Associates from Staten Island, New York. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Nicholas. I'm happy to be here, and thank you for having me. Is it raining there? No, it's actually it's a it's a nice uh, a nice fall day. A little overcast, but also a little bit warm. So we're suffering with those um, spikes in temperature where it goes from forty or fifty to seventy, and the uh, air conditioning systems can't keep up. So we don't know, you know, we don't know if we're in the in the in the in the summer or in the winter when it comes to our climate control. So it's a, it's a yeah. tad warm in my office today, but otherwise good. Darn it. It is cold and rainy here. It's just like true November rain, like the uh, yeah. Like, when, you, when you say New England, that's the picture that gets painted in my in my mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I love fall in New England. It's beautiful. It's actually orange outside. Like when the especially mm-hmm. when the sun shines, it's just orange. I love mm-hmm. that. But uh, it, it gets it gets you get this rain. It gets really cold outside, and then snows right around the corner. So it gets miserable around here. So, um. Didn't want to talk about the weather. It's a good, a good intro, but I'm pleased to have this conversation with you because we have, as you know, in our pre-discussion, I was des- describing how uh, on Insurance Nerd Slack channel, we get a lot of folks that, uh, um, you know, ask questions about how do I start as an agent? How do I, um, you know, how do I get started on the distribution side? And you're here because we're going to focus a lot of attention on developing a niche business, a specialty, and really focusing and building a book and a career around that. So before we get started with those specific questions, I wanted to give you a little, uh, a couple minutes as for an elevator pitch. Who is Michael Papora and what is RPM Insurance Agency? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a 30-year um, veteran of the business. Uh, I came into it... Um, as the as the son of a boss, so I'm an SOB. Uh, my father had a small, um, you know, local insurance agency, just a you know a community based insurance agency, uh, which was really fitting for for where we are in Staten Island because it's a it's a tight knit community um, borough, you know, in 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 uh, the five boroughs of New York City. Um, so I started, you know, in that and. Um, if my father was a dentist, I would have been a dentist. So I didn't, I didn't grow up wanting to be an insurance um, professional. I just grew up wanting to work with my dad. And uh, if, you know, if, if he was a dentist, I'd be talking to somebody about the latest, you know, polishing and drilling techniques and, and not you. Exactly. So, but, but, you know, here we are. Uh, it's been an amazing career. It's, it's a really interesting journey that I've had. Um, so I started, you know, in, in, in the business then, uh, and I learned every facet of it. Uh, I started 
typing ID cards. Uh, now, for the new guys uh, or, or ladies who are wondering, you know, what do you mean typing? Like, we, we actually had typewriters. What's a typewriter? What's <laughs> a typewriter? And we would type ID cards and, and filing. And what do you mean filing? Well, we had paper files. And yeah. so I, I literally grew up um, being proficient in every aspect of the business. Uh, and that's, you know, given me a well-rounded base, not only when I'm talking to clients or, or company people, but also in, in dealing with business issues or, or dealing with staff members. Um, because I understand what they're dealing with. I've done literally everything in the business. Um, you know, and I, when, I, when I owned an agency, so, so I, I was with my father for, I don't know, seven or eight years until 93 when he retired. And um, with two partners, I, I, we bought the business, uh, Rob Solberg and John Campbell. John's no longer with us. He's passed away. Um, but Rob is still in the business. He's in Manhattan. And we, we bought this business and we grew it a little bit. Um, and then they, uh, Campbell wanted to retire. So that gave us an option at that time for Rob to exit and Campbell to exit. And, um, and I continued with uh, Purpura Associates. That was the name of the company. Uh, and I ran that until... 2015 when I partnered um, with RPM, which is a whole other really interesting story. So I, I don't know if my contact info will wind up somewhere, but, but when you see the name RPM Insurance Agency and you look at my business card, you think, well, you know, local insurance agency in the community of Staten Island. And if we were to, you know, write a mission statement for our company, I mean, that's really what we are. We're a community-based insurance agency in Staten Island. We're the oldest insurance agency in Staten Island. Our history goes back to the 1800s. Um, we're the longest standing member of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you know, things like that. Um, so our, our function and our focus here is to serve the community in Staten Island, the citizens of Staten Island. But when you look a little deeper at my business card, you're going to notice the name Acrisure. And for those who are paying attention to what's going on in the industry right now, um, Acrisure is by last count, around the ninth largest independent insurance agency in the country. So we're, we've had a revenue stream of about a billion and a half dollars. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about those kind of things with the company, but one of the interesting things about it is that um, where our competitors kind of, when, when you partner with a, with a, with a, with a Brown & Brown or, or Marsh Mac or, you know, Jardine, you know, people like that, they, they kind of strip everything away. They strip you of yourself, and you absorb the, the corporate mantra. Ours is the least disruption, the better. So we don't lead with Acrisure. We lead with RPM Insurance Agency, and our strength is community-based insurance agencies. But we've got agency partners all across the country um, who have specific niches um, in various industries. So we write, I mean, a gazillion dollars worth of trucking insurance, as an example. Uh, we've got a really, really deep penetration in, in California for work comp, which is a nightmare state in and of itself. But we've got people out there who are experts at it. And, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. We've got people in Florida um, who, do, who do flood stuff, which, you know, I'll have to introduce you to those guys, you know, down there. Uh, they do it both on the brokerage but also on the consulting side. So, um, you know, interesting stuff. So, so we do all of these really neat and interesting things as a large entity. But we have the touch and the feel in, in our office, at least, of a local community insurance agency. Um, and it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the Purpura Associates. So I've really got two titles. Um, 
when you look at my employment contract, uh, I'm the president of Purpura Associates Agency Operations. Um, again, the least disruption, the better. We don't do press announcements. We don't, you know, we keep everything low key when we acquire and partner with new firms. Um, but we immediately knew uh, my my partners at the local level. I'm a shareholder in the in the larger company, but then I've got partners at the local level, you know, here in the office. And we immediately realized when I did this in 2015 that it made more sense to tuck the business in, get get all of the clients acclimated to the new service center. Um, because I came from a very small office, now I've got you know a great support staff. My clients benefit from that. Um, and let's and let's fly the RPM flag. That that's really what we want to do. Let's leverage that brand because it's so prominent on Staten Island. So we did a small little press announcement, and that's when I learned I was vice president of RPM Insurance Agency. Like I had no idea. <laughs> so what do you need? Um, so yeah, so I've got like two titles, like you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, but uh, so you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna share something now that um, we really haven't announced. Um, but I'm probably gonna have a third title uh, in the in the very near future. So groundbreaking news. Nobody really knows about this yet. Um, we acquired a, and I'm, I'm lowering the tone of my voice because nobody outside knows. We acquired a professional liability insurance agency in Woodbridge by the name of Marquee. Now, uh, we're going to, at some point, I think we're, we're probably going to talk about my niche. My niche is professional liability coverage. I, I'm an insurance geek. I like that stuff. So there's um, we're we're kind of in the in the end stages now of figuring out how to transition and get me you know over there helping grow that particular book. So I have no idea what my title will be, but at some point in the future, you know we're going to be flying the marquee professional risk flag, yeah. and I'm going to be focusing on architects, engineers, franchise business, things like that. So uh, so there you go. Hot off well, the it's a first. It's finally happened. Uh, profiles and risk and insurance nerds. We are the the trusted source for breaking news in the insurance yeah. industry. So I have a feeling by the time this comes out, it will already be news in one form or another. But uh, but thank you for sharing that. So um, the the gist of this, and you we both have hinted at it, is niche businesses, uh, niche yeah. business, niche markets, um, and it's something that I tell uh, new. Uh, new uh, agents or new brokers that come in that, hey, listen, you can sell auto and homeowners to your friends and family. You might even be able to place, you know, some small business stuff for your, you know, your friend's dad who owns a pizza shop. That's going to get hard after a while. And those are, and those businesses have a lot of competition. You know, I always stress, try to find an area where you can develop some sort of passion about it, but also where it's, it's potentially underserved in the market. And so, um, in your opinion, uh, in terms of like where, how you've gotten to this point and where you're going into the, into the future with your business, how important is finding a niche? I think it's critical. Um, it's really difficult to be all things to all people. Um, you can't do it well. Um, you can't, I, I don't think, that you can make money doing it. And we're doing this obviously, you know, cause the bills need to be paid. I mean, you know, my kids need sneakers, like we've got to pay the bills here. Um, so, so for me, the concept of getting a process in place 
and being able to do, you know, kind of the same thing over and over and over. There, there comes with, with that repetitive motion, um, I, for lack of a better term, expertise, that's not really the right, the right term, but when you, can, when you can do that and create that process, it allows you to focus on learning the things that need to be done and not being distracted by all of the other things that are going to pull you away from being successful at that one thing. Um, I've, I've spent the vast majority of my professional career as a general practice. Um, and, you know, when you look at my book of business now, it's all over the place. Um, I do have, you know, a heavy personal lines book. I do have a heavy um, small business book, um, you know, bot-based work comp, retail stores, some construction stuff, um, you know, things like that. But in the last couple of years since I, since I came to, to Acrisure and to RPM, you know, it kind of allowed me to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Uh, you know, and it only took 30 years. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 51 years old and I finally realized like, okay, this is when the fun happens. <laughs> um, and, and I, I, you know, I kind of found those two niches that I wanted to focus on. And they're really two very unique and, and different niches. But, but to your question, how important is it? I think it's critical. Um, and I think it's, I, I, I think there are so many of them out there that for the young producer, Finding, finding the thing that they're passionate about or the thing that matches their, their, their ethics and their morals and their personalities. So I'll give you an example. Um, I went through a visioning process about a year and a half ago. Um, I read this really great book called Traction. And what it did for me was it, it I've always had these business ideas kind of flying around my atmosphere in my head like airplanes and I could never land them. So I read this book, and it, it let me land these airplanes. So part of the process of, of what I did was I wrote a mission statement. Like, I have an individual mission statement. Um, I wrote my core values. I always knew I had them, but once I put them on paper, and once I put my, my, my mission statement on paper, it kind of solidified and validated what I've been experiencing, you know, in the first 20 or 30 years of my career in not being fulfilled. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a geek, I'm a nerd, I, I, like, I like to read contracts, um, I sell by value, um, I don't sell price, I could care less what it costs. I mean, price is obviously consideration, but I lead with value, I lead with expertise. My unique ability is that I actually read these stupid insurance policies, and I understand them. So, you know, my, my thought process is how can I educate the client? And all of those things came, you know, to fruition when I went through this process. So in doing that, um, I was able to identify the niche that I wanted to focus on and get away from all of the other things. And that was the professional liability coverage, predominantly architects and engineers. Um, they're, they're kind of introverted as well. And I could be a little bit of both. You know, people who see me might not realize because I, I tend to have a pretty loud and big personality, but I'm kind of introverted in, in a certain way. Um, I'm the same way. I'm same as yeah. way. Yep. Yeah. So, so, you know, doing business with like-minded people for me was very critical. I would come home at the end of the day and I couldn't, you know, I, I don't want to use the word wash the stink off my hands, but you know, like after a hard day's work and you just feel beat down and kind of, and you're worn out and, 
and I, you know, and I just, I couldn't figure out why I felt that way. Like, why wasn't I fulfilled? Why wasn't I happy? I made money. I, I mean, you know, the first 30 years of my career provided wonderful things for my family, but there wasn't that fulfillment. And I didn't really start seeing that until the last year or two, you know, as this has kind of evolved and developed. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the next 10 to 15 years of my career as like, this is when the fun happens. This is really, really cool, really special yeah. stuff going on. So, so yeah, finding, you know, finding a niche, whatever it is, I, I, I kind of, I, I go off on, on tangents and segues, um, to your, um, finding something you're passionate about and, and something where you're, where you're aligned with your client, I think is critical. So there are industries, you know, every, every sort of industry out there, I'm going to pick on taxi drivers just, you know, for, for, because it's the first thing that pops into my mind. The last person I want to do business with from a business standpoint is a taxi driver. I don't know anything about the space. It doesn't excite me. I, I, car insurance is boring as get out. Like none, there's nothing there that draws me to it. So for me to focus on taxi drivers as a niche, in my view, would be a colossal waste of time. So I would advise a younger producer coming into it, you know, what are your hobbies? Um, what are your skill sets? You know, if you don't like to read insurance policies, you probably don't want to have to, you, you don't want to be in an area where having a high level of technical expertise is critical. Um, you may, you know, delegate that back to support staff and just go out and, and, and find new relationships. So leverage your strengths. Yeah, and that comes I'm from. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to tack on to that. Cause I think that's like extremely important. Cause I think, um, you know, for an agent that's starting out, they have to realize that it's going to be like a couple years before they start oh, yeah. seeing the fruits of their labor, right? So I'm always trying to, you know, trying to emphasize you need like adrenaline to keep yourself going because there, there are going to be so many opportunities for you to want to quit. If you if you're leverage your strength or as you said, you uh, focus on things like your hobbies or something that you have a, an emotional connection to that can potentially provide a lift for you in those periods where you're not being very successful, that's a plus. And I think that's, that gets part to the, the niche part is, is, is sort of you're going to need that, that uh, adrenaline, that ammunition, that whatever, that lift that kind of keep you going when you're not really successful yet. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, customers want value. And when you can differentiate yourself from somebody else, that's huge. That, that's a huge advantage. Um, and, you, you know, it, it's really, I mean, you could do it selling auto and home. I mean, there are plenty of producers that make, a, you know, a great living sure. focused on personalized yeah. markets. I mean, you're doing sure. flood, things like that. Uh, you know, doing flood insurance would drive me absolutely crazy. Pre-firm, post-firm, like, uh, forget it. <laughs> it's sure, <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, I, but I, but the nerd in me also, I, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. If I were to spend the time to actually learn that vernacular and learn all of those rules, I mean, it could be kind of neat. So there's, you know, there's. Um, um, well, let me let me ask you a question about about your niche business. Um, how yeah. often? How often um, when you are? So I'm assuming um, most a, a lot of your prospects you're getting because of your professional liability expertise. Am I right? Yes. Um, well, I'm holding myself out in a marketing 
to those particular areas. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm still I'm still kind of you know in a, in a general practice, and and that's where this new thing is going to kind of I think pull me a little bit away from that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm leading with one of the things that I've done is I've learned what the client's pain points are, and build myself out in the ability to help them. So when it comes to architects um, in particular. They are absolutely allergic to the insurance renewal process. They are like vampires in sunlight when it comes to insurance. <laughs> this is about the most unpleasant thing that they want to do. They just don't like it. So we start the process early. And, you know, one of the simple things that I do when I send out a renewal app or a new business, and particularly a renewal app, is I'll attach last year's app. Now, they've got it somewhere in their office. But if I give them last year's app and this year's renewal app and the same email, they can see how quickly they can do it, you know, and I walk them through it. Um, we provide, as silly as this sounds, when, when, you, when you look at a, a professional liability app, one of the things the architects have to do is drill into their scope of services and percentages and things like that, but they don't understand some of the questions. So I've given them a cheat sheet. This is what that question means. So they can reference and do it. I'll do it over the phone with them. Then I run through when we actually get to time to present the quote, um, I've broken, I'm very analytical, so I've broken the quote down into the terms and conditions of the policy. I know the, the price is the last thing we talk about. I educate the client. You ask me what I do, I'm really a teacher. I teach the client about what coverages are in their product and whether they may have an exposure, they may have a gap. Some of the Lloyd's contracts are, are kind of lacking and, and you know the admitted markets have broader definitions of coverage, scope of service, things like that. So when we go through that process at the end, the client can make an informed decision about what they're buying and I do everything in full transparency. So they see I disclose my commission. So they don't wonder why I'm recommending this or the other. Although they, by the end, they've kind of made the decision already. Um, if we've got a declination, I actually show the I show the client, hey, this carrier declined. So it's not, well, did they really? Here's the email. They declined it for this reason. Um, so at the end, the client has a complete understanding of what they've done. And one of the beautiful things about architects, you know, professional liability policies, architects in particular, we can do a two-year policy. So we do it once. We don't have to do it next year. And, and they go through that process knowing, having the assurance, we did it right the first time. So um, it's very satisfying. It, it's, it's a pretty, um, I, I think, it, it, it's a pretty satisfying insurance purchasing, you know, experience for the client. Um, and I've had some success with it. So, uh, so for all of those things, you know, that particular focus has, has worked really, really well for me. Yeah. So how often, so I'm, I'm experiencing this now, right? where um, I'm, I'm getting into accounts based off of flood and the folks that are, that are sourcing the accounts for me are saying, well, can you do anything else? Can you do earthquake? Mm -hmm. Can you do wildfire? Mm -hmm. And I, I just think it's just a matter of time before someone says, can you just do the whole thing? How often do you, how often does the uh, professional liability become a lead generator for the, the traditional lines. And, and I think you know where I'm going with this because I think for a young oh, professional yeah, yeah. that wants yeah, to sell yeah. personal lines, it's like don't sell personal lines, sell the other stuff and then use that as a lead to get into personal lines. 
Absolutely. And that, and that happens all day long. Once, um, you know, once, once they've experienced the professional liability purchasing process and they've come away with that informed decision, you know, one of the things that I do is I sell by exposure. I don't sell I, very technical, you know, analytical. I'm not the guy that's going to cry on you to get you to buy something. So if you want life insurance, like I'm not going to put paint that picture of you, you know, you're dead and now your family's impoverished. <laughs> you're going to come to me and I'm going to help you find the right policy, but it's going to be a numbers driven thing. Um, one of the things I do though, is I focus on exclusions. So where everybody else focuses on coverage, I tend to read policies from the exclusionary standpoint and solve those problems. So, you know, everything today is uh, cyber and employment practices. So those are just two, you know, avenues that I'm constantly touching on with clients, giving them that education. I don't care if you buy it or not, but shame on me if I don't at least share that education with you. Sure. But then the cross-selling opportunities, putting those two aside, you know, every every architectural practice needs uh, workers' conferences, they've got employees, you know, they're sitting in an office somewhere and, they, you know, they've got furniture and computers and so, so we're doing bots or small, small commercial packages. And that's just an instant segue into those things. The thing that differentiates um, me and, um, and in particular Marquee uh, versus a lot of our other competitors who are, who are very, very narrowly niche focused on just the professional is that we've got the depth to solve all of those problems. I've got 30 years of experience in general business. So yeah, I mean, I can do a bop with my eyes closed. Like there's no, it's as easy as cake. Um, but if we've got, you know, larger construction projects that these guys are involved in, you know, I've got a guy, I love that. I've got a guy, I mean, I've got a guy that in, in, in our company that can do anything. So that's a real advantage for us um, is that those, those opportunities are there and we have the technical expertise you know, to help the clients. We literally, one of our taglines is there's nothing, there are no limits to what we can do. Um, but by leading with that, that one thing and being that expert in that one thing opens up all those doors. Because yeah. once you've done, you've established all of that credibility, they don't even want to talk to Geico. You know, I got a guy, Michael's my guy, Nick's my guy. Yeah. I don't forget it. Go do it. You know, you, you just yeah. said the key word, you said credibility. And for those yeah. that are starting from the personal line side, it's a much harder conversation to say, I just sold your auto and homeowners and Hey, can you give me a shot at your, your BOP or your professional liability for the customer's mind? It doesn't register. It's like, you're my car and my home guy. What the hell do you know yeah. about my business? Whereas you're coming right. in, you're, you're just like, I am an expert at your business and what you're exposed to from a liability standpoint and because that's technically complex, they're just like, well, the BOP would be easy for Michael. The homeowners would be easy for Michael. The auto, the workers' comp would be simple compared to that. It's a much easier conversation. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, credibility. Credibility. You know, you understand their pain. I, 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 you know, I understand your, like you said, I understand the exposures of your industry, of your business. We've solved them. Part of the other exposures in your business are cyber, property, you know, all of these things. But I'm not leading with an expertise necessarily in one policy. I'm leading with expertise in an industry yeah. that is focused on that one policy. That's yeah. my intro, though. 
Yeah. I, I, I could probably hear people listening to this just saying, well, architects is just such a small market. It, I don't think people realize these niche markets, they're, they're gigantic. Like, yeah, the homeowner's market's like $90 billion, but these specialty markets are billions. And if you get a small percentage of it, your company's doing great. You're doing great. Everyone's doing great. Like it's, it, architects seem small, but it's actually uh, not only architects, but the, you know, uh, legal professional liability, uh, medical, medical malpractice. Like these are gigantic industries. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what this has done for me. So I, I mentioned to you, I've actually got kind of two niches. So I've got, I've got the one. So because I like professional liability coverage, um, and through a collaboration with a, with a mentor of mine, I don't, I don't know that they'll uh, see this, but Charles and Nicola, Brian Lentzer, you know, if by chance you happen to see this, hey, Buzz, props to you guys. Um, they're lead attorneys in the franchise space. Yeah, got to give a shout out for my boys. Um, they're lead attorneys in the franchise space. And uh, Brian in particular saw something in me that I didn't know existed. And um, he said, you know, you, 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 need to, you need to focus on one thing. Um, you should focus on franchise. I said, well, I don't know the first thing about the franchise industry. This was also about a year and a half ago. So I said, well, all right, let's, you know, let's start looking into it. He had referred me to a couple of, of his clients. I did lease reviews and things like that. He saw the level of detail I put into it. He said, you're perfect for this. You're, you're the guy you need to do this. We, we're going to get you to make the right introductions and connections. So I started looking at franchise. And I mean, there's, there's nothing more general business when it comes to the insurance market about a franchise business. Every franchise business needs a BOP, needs work comp, needs employment practices, needs cyber, needs all of these things. They also need HR. They need payroll. And the, as I was going through this evolution of learning about the industry, not the businesses, but the industry, one of the things I realized is that franchisors have a professional liability exposure. And that just like, like Eureka. So we lead with the, fran the franchise or professional. I mean, once you, know, once you know a PL policy, they kind of flow. I also do lawyers and consultants and things like that. But the franchise space is so intriguing to me. So what we're doing now is we're actually building a program where it's anchored by the franchise professional, but we're now providing work, uh, you know, the general business insurance, the HR services, the payroll, um, the benefits that the new, the new franchise unit owners need when they get started. And the concept behind it is um, franchises are very grow your business mantra space. Um, and, you know, you go, you go to a franchise, so, you know, we're going to grow your brand. We're going to grow. We're gonna, very growth oriented. Yeah. And, and growth is kind of hard for guys like us because our product's on the expense side of the ledger sheet. Like, that's not a happy place to be in a growth area. And as I started processing this, I said, well, what do these new entrepreneurs need? They need help. They need guidance. They need to hit the ground running. One of the things that the franchisor does is provide logistical support. If I can provide that logistical support in those product lines, I can help the franchise unit owner get open quicker be more profitable and start returning revenue to the franchisor. Bingo, I'm growing your brand. 
And when I tell that story to the franchisors, it resonates. And they want those resources um, because they, they know that you know, their franchise unit owners are like their babies. They're like their kids. You know, we need, we need to help them grow. Um, so that's been a really powerful message. We're still developing the program and, and the, all of the logistics to it. Um, but it, and it's going to require collaboration with one, you know, one or two of our other offices. Um, and that's the beauty of the Acquisher model is I've got offices all across the country, you know, who have expertise. You know, we can do work comp programs for exercise chains, you know, as an example. Um, we're doing a cyber thing. I mean, we, it's, it's crazy. Um, and it all came, you know, all of this came out of really just looking at one individual, you know, market. And, th and in this case, franchise. And you could do it. There was a producer out there that just wanted to do one thing in the franchise space. If, if he just wanted to sell work comp coverage to exercise chains, I mean, the world is, is filthy with yeah. exercise scratches. There, so, you know, that is like, <laughs> like knowledge is power, right? And what, and I, and, and what I'm, your, your message is resonating with me because it's, um, these things kind of build on itself. So, for, like for those that are listening, I think it's just critical for them to realize that small is actually good. A small niche, the smaller, oh, yeah. the better. And then you, yeah. with knowledge comes power. You will be able to grow that. You will be able to connect dots to other areas. Uh, you're, you're able to take your uh, expertise and professional liability and now sort of leap, you know, use it as exactly. a springboard and leap over a pond into another area and still use that as a flag that you can plant and say, let's now let's let's expand this out and it it just i just keep thinking as you're talking it's like knowledge is power it's like if you just can develop a small expertise you will be able to attach it and apply it in areas that others haven't done it and it's going to uh, create unique opportunities for you to walk indoors and you for you to create unique solutions yeah absolutely yeah um i wanted to talk about technology because okay how much, how much is first? How much has that affected professional liability? For one thing, I, I I remember underwriting or brokering professional liability, so I'm curious as to how much that's changed over time. But um, how have you seen technology affecting your day to day business? Well, obviously, we're you know we're very reliant on it. I mean, you know, here we are conducting an interview that is going to go on YouTube, and I'm on a cell phone, yeah. so. You know, obviously, it's it's pretty. You know, we use it every day, and it evolves every day. Are you um, are you see, are you seeing it on the underwriting side with professional liability? Are you seeing the ability uh, or the infusion of technology in the rate making process, in how underwriting firms are are absorbing submissions, delivering quotes to you? Are you seeing technology infused in the legacy aspect of your day to day? I, you know, we're obviously the the smaller carriers who are behind the scale on that. I notice them more often. Um, the larger carriers that we're working with are very tech oriented. Obviously, you know, they've they've been doing this a long time. I couldn't tell you about the rate making process and what goes on behind the scenes um, because I'm not on the company side and I don't. You know, my interaction is really with the client and then you know with the underwriter. Um, so I don't. I, I, I really couldn't share that with you. Um, sure. You know, I can I can give you the history from 30 years ago when we were, you know, sending in, you know, paper applications and waiting three days. You know, the fax machine back then was a godsend. I mean, now I can, you know, I can literally 
send a fillable PDF app to a client, have him do it with me on the phone. He blasts it back to me. I forward the email over to my underwriter. We get on a quick call, touch on a couple things, and I can have a quote returned in, you know, three or four hours if I can get everybody aligned, get the bind order. All he's got to do is press a button. And, you know, what started at 9 o'clock in the morning is just a quick phone call to a, to a renewal client. I can have a policy in hand by 4. So, obviously, that's technology-driven. And, um, you know, the carriers who are doing that are, are more nimble and able to provide that service. Um, you know, some of the other legacy carriers, you know, they're still not there. I, I don't know so much on the PL side. I, you know, one of, uh, one of our property carriers who does interesting things for us, I don't want to say their name, but you know, one of one of my clients asked me, you know, do they have a website where I can log in and check my account? I, you know, I didn't, I didn't even think that. I, I went online and I saw she could pay a bill, but like that was it. So I was almost embarrassed to send the email back. I'm Dolores, I'm sorry. You know, they don't have that. Uh, that they're not really tech savvy just quite yet. But you can pay your bill, and yeah, I'm waiting for the email to come back to. What, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So it's, it's, it's yeah. the com- it's the common complaint, uh, you know, on you know that we deal with at insurance nerds on our Slack channel on our social media sites when we talk. It's uh, you know for for a lot of the industry, not much has changed. You know, uh, get getting them yeah. to uh, you know go beyond the facts and go beyond the email and go into something that's more API web service oriented has been. Uh, has been a big deal. So um, I want to respect your time. Um, I want to transition over to the f- portion of the podcast where we get a little bit more personal. You know, who is Michael okay. Flora? Um, okay. So I ask all my guests, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't send this in the agenda, but I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling you might come up with a unique answer. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, when you retire, what are you going to do? <laughs> Great question. Um, and the answer is, I don't know. Um, when I made the leap to sell my business and, and merge it in and partner with Acrisure, you know, one of the conversations with my wife, we were 49 at the time, was, you know, all right, if, if everything goes sideways and this doesn't work out, um, you know, we'll sell the stock and, you know, and I'll retire at 55. And that was kind of like the default backup. That's our parachute. And, and you know, that'll be the end of it. Um, and here I am three years later and retirement isn't even like, I can't even fathom it. Um, I, if I were to get out of the business, what I think I'd wind up doing is teaching and consulting. Um, but I think as a producer, um, you know, I'm one of those rare unicorns in that I'm an agency principal, I'm an agency owner, but I have absolutely no administrative responsibilities. And I didn't understand the value of that early in my career. I always thought being you know, being the guy in the office, being the principal in the office, that was a, it was a, it was a big deal. And I never knew what a, what a producer actually was. And, you know, when that kind of, when that kind of hit me, um, uh, shout out to my friend Pete Lynch, who, who brought that to my attention. Like, you know, we're, we're the guys that make it happen. I, I joke, I want to ride on the corporate jet and I'm more likely to have that happen because I'm a million dollar producer rather than I'm running a, you know, an agency and supervising all these people. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the guy that's bringing revenue to the table. So, um, as a producer, you know, once you're good at it, I think, and, and you've got a niche and you've got a really good support staff, I think you can kind of do it on a part-time or, or a, 
a very laser focused basis. And you know, we don't have to come to the office. We have technology. We can do things like that. So maybe you know, just maybe a a more relaxed workflow. Um, how much golf can you play? Uh, you know, I think my wife is actually terrified at the fact that I'd be home all the time. Um, she's uh, she's very she likes the fact that I go to the office and I don't I don't spend you know a I whole lot of time at home. We got I that nice know, balance. Michael. I, I, I think I could figure out how to play golf all day, every day. <laughs> I, think, I think I could figure that out. But I, I respect knowing, seeing your last name, I asked you if you were Italian, you are Italian. I just had a sense that you were probably like, like my dad, hard worker, and that retirement is just like, you, you need to be active. I, I kind of sense that with you. So good. That's a, that's a, that's good for your wife. We'll just happy, happy wife, happy life. Good for you. Um, One thing we would need to do is travel a little more. Like I want to, I want to enjoy, you know, we've worked so hard. So there are things that we, you know, we're, we're going to start doing now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be busy, you know, for a while. I'm not looking yeah. to hang up my cleats. Good, good. Um, what tools or techniques uh, do you find useful to be productive and or organized? Uh, I love checklists. Um, I, I love Excel. Uh, I literally, I will create a spreadsheet for everything. I've got my pizza recipe on a spreadsheet. You know, my pizza dough <laughs> recipe, I like to cook. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, I've got that on. I mean, I use a spreadsheet for any, I'm very analytical. You got to see me try and buy a car. I, I mean, it drives my wife crazy. She's just going to buy the damn thing. And I need to analyze and so you know, Excel is very important to me. I, there's not a day that I don't use Excel. Um, Outlook and my calendar reminders, things like that are very important. Um, I've also got a whiteboard uh, behind me um, that I that I like. It just, uh, I come to the office and I write the day of the week and, the, you know, and, and it just grounds me a little bit. And um, a quote, I read a quote every day and I write that down, something that's either motivating oh, I or... Like I like that a lot. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so here I'll I'll share that with you. Oh, cool. you, uh, yeah, that's the that whole purpose that? of the webcam. I love that. What's that say? If yeah. you not do great things, do small things. What's yeah, that? if you if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. I love that, Napoleon. Yeah, my handwriting is atrocious. No, another I thing I use is obviously you know the keyboard because I can't print to save my life. <laughs> yeah that's like that's like me it's like chicken scratch you know um yeah, yeah yeah um that's great i love that um final question is that i ask all my guests are what books have you found to be valuable in your business and or personal lives so uh yeah. you know, fi fiction non-fiction Great, great question. Um, and I've, I've recently started to become um, a very, uh, you know, active reader. So, um, so two books, and I'll, I'll show one of them. Um, yep, I wrote that down. I think I actually have that on my wish list from like a year ago and never ended up purchasing it. So, you might have convinced me yeah. to just break down and buy it. Change, change, change my business life. Um, the the book that I actually listened to most recently, I didn't read it, I listened to it in the car, was Jordan Peterson, um, The 12 Rules for Life, an Antidote for Chaos. <laughs> funny, you know, funny thing here, take another look. So I actually, you can't read them, 
but I wrote the rules down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'll probably wind up releasing them at some point, but they're a nice little reference. Um, it just really resonated with me. A lot of interesting things um, that were that were in the book uh, that validated, and I just found it. I, I found it really inspirational and um, kind of made me feel comfortable in my own skin. You know, every now and then you need that reality check. And uh, a lot of the the things that were in that book, I thought were really really interesting. So I'd recommend um, reading it or listening to it. Um, it, 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 it. Some of the wording is kind of heady. So I don't know that I could have read it. It, it might have, you know, squirreled and distracted me. <laughs> he's, he's pretty deep. Jordan Peterson's got yeah. some, uh, you know, he's, there's some some heavy thinking in that. Yeah. But uh, it was a great book to listen to. So those yeah, you, those two. You weren't you weren't the first. You're not. You haven't been the first one to recommend that one. That's been on a list of uh, a couple other guests as well. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll have to pay attention to that. Um, this has been wonderful. I, I, I love your enthusiasm. I love what you're doing. We, we really, I think we tackled niche in a way that, you know, um, really, I hope the audience that for those, it, it doesn't even have to be production. I, it's just been, I think, uh, I think it's just a good career decision is to focus yeah. on a niche and become an yeah. expert at something and then expand from there. And I think you, you really nailed why that's so important on the insurance side. So I want to thank you for coming on. How can people reach you? So um, you can reach me at uh, right now at RPM Insurance Agency in Staten Island. The, uh, my phone is getting low. The telephone number here is 718-761-8900. Or my email address is mporpora. P for Peter, O-R, P for Peter, O-R-A, at rpminsurance.com. Okay. We'll have all of that on the show notes. And uh, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to discuss. And I look forward to uh, following your success in the, on the franchise side. Uh, come come back on. Really come back on and update us. Yeah, yeah definitely. I've got to be more involved. You guys are doing great things. And, um, you know, I, I need to be, I need to pay more attention to you guys because you're really out there, you know, providing really, really great service. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to, uh, to speak with you today. And thank you so much for, you know, for considering me and giving me this opportunity. Uh, this, is, uh, this has been really special and I, I've enjoyed it. Awesome. My guest this week has been Michael Papora. Until next time, thank you, everyone, and uh, have a great week.